the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Quit whining. If you work in the fossil fuel industry, quit the whining about losing your job. I heard about a guy yesterday who works for one of the energy companies at South Point near where I live. He got word after the big guy signed up for the Paris Accord that it somehow affect his business, and it would mean that he was going to have to lay off, his company was going to have to lay off 5,000 workers in New Mexico. He wasn't feeling very good about it, and he was preparing to fly out there to tell them. Not a good, uh, not a good day's work. Then, of course, there were the 11,000 workers who lost their job because the big guy pulled the plug on the Keystone Pipeline. Well, not only did that destroy 11,000 jaws, but it also created the winner of this week's prestigious award. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. This guy's going to be uh, seen a lot, unfortunately. We thought we were rid of him. Uh, he never goes away. He's kind of like a, what's a Herman Munster. But uh, John Kerry said this when he was asked about those 11,000 people who were going to be losing some really high-paying jobs. The fastest-growing job in the United States before COVID was solar power technician. The same people can do those jobs. But the choice of doing the solar power one now is a better choice. This is happening. 75%, 70% of all the electricity that's come online in the United States in the last few years came from renewables. Not, you know, coal plants have been closing over the last 20 years. So what President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. They were making them here at home. That is going to be a particular focus of the uh, Build Back Better agenda. And and I, I think that, that unfortunately workers have been fed a false narrative. No surprise, right, for the last few years. They've been fed uh, the notion that somehow dealing with climate is coming at their expense. No, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. Tell them, tell them out there after the uh, they lost their jobs that it's not coming at their expense. Eleven thousand people, and from what I'm told, those jobs are really high-paying, really good jobs. Uh, but this guy's never had a real job in his life, John Kerry. Uh, so just you know, get a job making solar panels and stop the whining about losing that job that pays really good money and it was probably you know kind of hard to get. We have a planet to save over here. This creep flies around on a private jet. He has at least one yacht, maybe two, several gigantic homes. But he wants you to conserve energy because if you don't, the planet is doomed. And he is such a wonderful person that his number one priority in life is saving the planet after he's finished riding around on his yacht. And if you lose your job because of the big guy's stupid decisions based on one of the greatest hoaxes in human history, shut up and go find another one. I have a feeling this won't be the last time John Kerry is the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And speaking of jerks, uh, when we come back, we'll hear from a guy who could win the award once a month. Uh, coming up at 535, by the way, I will be talking to uh, Josh Yoey, who's not anywhere near a jerk. He's a great guy. He also covers the Penguins for The Athletic. And we're going to talk to him about what sports are like from the inside during all this insanity. And you won't believe the nightmare he had. You will not believe what he says he had to go through when he went to Canada to visit his kids during the pandemic. Stick around.
Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through dollar bank get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere you'll also get 10 percent off your total project when you mention this show Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is, one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit. Like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART for up to 25% off at LifeLock.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. We just heard uh, a couple minutes ago, John Kerry won our Jerk of the Week Award, our Windows or Us Jerk of the Week Award. We, By the way, we really appreciate windows are us uh, they've been a sponsor of that for a long time and uh we have a lot of fun with it and they like it so that's good but uh but george stephanopoulos uh, could probably win this award at least once a month as i said and you could give an award to whoever is responsible for having a former presidential chief of staff i think that's what he was uh with bill clinton as your as your lead political anchor george should actually recuse himself from about half of the interviews that he does on uh, this week on Sundays for ABC because they're Republicans and he's he's a Democrat operative. Well, I was looking for a chance to play this exchange between George and Rand Paul last Sunday. I didn't get a chance to do it this week. Have some time now because Paul, I think Rand Paul has really emerged as a guy who's willing to stand up for conservatives and not let the media push him around. And guess who he learned this from? He learned it from Donald Trump. Uh, I mean, I, I think he was always kind of feisty, Rand Paul. But Donald Trump is the guy who can say whatever you want about his personality, and he may, you may not like some of the things he says and the way he says them. But he showed the Republicans that they don't have to just sit there and take it from the media. And Rand Paul uh, has obviously picked up on that because he's, he's, there's a couple of exa- uh, examples of him doing that. But uh, check this one out. Just Just notice the tone of the question here from George, and then try to imagine him speaking to a Democrat like this. Senator Paul, let me begin with a threshold question for you. Uh, This election was not stolen. Do you accept that fact? Well, what I would say is that the debate over whether or not there was fraud should occur. We never had any presentation in court where we actually looked at the evidence. Most of the cases were thrown out uh, for lack of standing, which is a procedural way of not actually hearing the question. There were several states in which the law was changed by the Secretary of State and not the state legislature. To me, those are clearly unconstitutional. And I think there's, a, there's still a chance that those actually do finally work their way up to the Supreme Court. Courts traditionally and historically don't like to hear election questions. But yes, were there people who voted twice? Were there dead people who voted? Were there illegal aliens who voted? Yes, and we should get to the bottom of it. I'll give you an example. In my state, when we had a Democrat Secretary of State, she refused, even under federal order, to purge the rolls of illegal voters. We got a Republican Secretary of State, and he purged the rolls. But, Senator it Paul, I have a to, difference, I, and those things I, I have, have to, to stop affirm. you there. there no, no, no election is perfect, but there, there were 86 challenges filed by President Trump and his allies in court. All were dismissed. Every state certified the results after investigations, counts, and recounts. The de- Department of Justice, led by William Barr, said there is no widespread evidence of fraud. Can't you just say the words, this yeah. election was well, not what stolen? what I would suggest is 
What I would suggest is that if we want greater confidence in our elections, and 75% of Republicans agree with me, is that we do need to look at inte- election integrity, and we do need to see if we can uh, restore confidence in the elections. Well, 75% of Republicans agree with you because they were fed a big lie by President Trump and his supporters who say the election was stolen. Why can't you say well, I think where President you make, Biden I think, won I a think legitimate you make fair a mistake election? In, uh, hey, George, 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 where you make a mistake is that People coming from the liberal side like you, you immediately say everything's a lie instead of saying there are two sides to everything. Historically, what would happen is if I said that I thought there was fraud, you would interview someone else who said there wasn't. But now you insert yourself in the middle and say the absolute well, fact is that everything I'm saying is a lie. Well, because, but I Senator, I said what the president the said was a lie because to. he said, hold we're on a second. To. He said the election was stolen. This election was not stolen. This ele- the results were certified in every you're single there was, state you're saying, after counts you're saying, and recounts. You're saying that absolutely. So it was, you're saying there was no fraud and it's all been investigated, and that's just not true. So it's not what I said, sir. I said the Department of Justice found no evidence. Let me, Let me finish. finish my point. No, you say you said lie. something that was you, not true. You say we're all liars. You're just simply saying we're all liars. And I said it was a lie that the election was stolen. premise that you're right and we're wrong. Well, let, no, well, let's, let's talk about the specifics of it. In Wisconsin, tens of thousands of absentee votes had only the name on them and no address. Historically, those were thrown out this time. They weren't. They made special accommodations because they said, oh, it's a pandemic, and people forgot what their address was. So they changed the law after the fact. That is wrong. That's unconstitutional. And I plan on spending the next two years going around state to state and fixing these problems. And I won't be cowed by liberals in the media who say, there's no evidence here, and you're a liar if you talk about election fraud. No, let's have an open debate. It's a free country. It, there's there is no widespread evidence of election fraud that overturned the results. That was stated as well by the Department of Justice, led by President Trump's Attorney General. In Wisconsin, there were counts and recounts. Never results that, even were that's certified. not true. Even that's not true. Even William that's Barr not said true. that Barr said that. But there was yes, he said that. Yes, that was a pronouncement. There has been no examination, thorough examination of all the states to see what problems we had and see if they could fix them. Now, let me say, to be clear, I voted to certify the state electors because I think it would be wrong for Congress to overturn that. But at the same time, I'm not willing just to sit here and say, oh, everybody on the Republican side is a liar and there is no fraud. No, there were lots of problems and there were secretaries of state who illegally changed the law and that needs to be fixed. And I'm going to work hard to fix it. And I won't be cowed by people saying, oh, you're a liar. That's the problem with the media today is they say all Republicans are liars and everything we say is a lie. There are two sides to every story. Interview somebody on the other side, but don't insert yourself into the story to say we're all liars because we Sir, there's some fraud there, in the there, election. There are, not, there, are not two, there are not two sides of the story. This has been looked at in every single state. The election oh, sure there are. certified there are in every single state. two sides to every state. story. George, you're forgetting who you are. You're forgetting who you are as a journalist. If you think there's only one side, you're inserting yourself into the story to say, I'm a liar because I want to look at election fraud and I want to look at secretaries of state who illegally change the voter laws without the permission of their state legislatures. That is incontrovertible. It happened. And you can't just sweep that under the rug and say, oh, nothing to see here. And everybody's a liar. And you're a fool if you bring this up. You're inserting yourself into the story. A journalist would hear both sides, and there are two sides of this story. I'm I'm standing by facts. There are not two sides to facts. I did not say that this was a perfect election. I said it was. The results were certified. I said it was not stolen. It is a lie to say. People are liars. You're saying people are liars if they want to investigate what happened in the election. Should that's not what I said. The fact that tens of thousands of absentee ballots did not have addresses on them and normally were disqualified, but this time they were counted. Should we examine that? I don't know whether it affected the election or not, but I have an open mind. And if we actually examine this, we find out it didn't. That's fine, but it still should be fixed. There, there, there can be more investigations. The investigations that have taken place have shown there is not enough fraud to change the results of this election. That has been certified by every state. It was stated by the Justice Department and the Attorney General. And I accepted the state certifications, but it doesn't mean that I think that there wasn't fraud and that there weren't problems that have to be investigated, and it doesn't mean that the law wasn't broken. I believe in Pennsylvania they broke the law, and I believe if that ever would get a real hearing in the Supreme Court, it was denied for standing. It wasn't actually taken up. If it were taken up, I do believe that the Supreme Court would overrule and say that they did break the law illegally. I asked you a very simple question. Was the election stolen or not? I think there was a great deal of evidence of uh, fraud and changing of the election laws illegally, and I think a thorough investigation is warranted. 
Senator Paul, thanks for your time this morning. Senator Paul, thanks for your time this morning. George, thanks for being a liberal and uh, how he how he has a job on that show. I mean, he's not bad at doing it. He's you know he's he presents himself well on television and and all that stuff. And he, and he does ask uh, good questions and he asks them clearly and um, and all that. But he's he has no credibility. He does actually because he's he's given it, but he doesn't have. It's not anything that he's earned because he was a a chief of staff for for Bill Clinton. He's a Democrat uh, operative. He gave large amounts of money to the Clinton Foundation, a big supporter of Hillary Clinton. He should have as a journalist, if that's what he's passing himself off as, but I think he's more of a TV personality. He sits there on Good Morning America uh, and just looks dumb all the time. Um, He needs to recuse himself. Uh, And and if he did recuse himself from every... uh, interview that journalistically uh, he should if he wanted to to um, live up to the any any standard of ethics he would he would basically recuse himself about half the time anytime a Republican came on to be questioned and questioned uh, directly and uh, strongly then uh, he shouldn't be doing it somebody else should be doing it not to, not to say that any of the other people at ABC are any less biased. But they they don't come at it with the with the job description of having been a Democrat operative. Now they're at least posing as journalists. It's sick. So, um, but I wanted to show that because I, I I really have gotten to like uh, Rand Paul, and I like I liked him anyway. And I, he probably was my uh, second choice way back in 2016 when when. Uh, Donald Trump first showed up, and there were how many? Twenty-three guys running for the twenty-three people running for the uh, for the nomination. Um, I always liked him, so um, I think I, I, I think he's doing a pretty good job of making himself um, available and also getting himself out there in front of a, a large audience whenever possible. He looks to me like a guy who really wants to be president. And uh, I just imagine how much better it would be to have him right now than the idiot who's in there. So here's a couple other things. I, I don't even know where to start. I got I got a couple of things here. I don't have a guest for this um, this segment, so I got a few minutes. But uh, let's see. I, I think I'm going to go with L.A. County because uh, this is from the L.A. County Health Department. Okay. Now you know that they finally, despite the fact that I don't think that the um, the the, the COVID nineteen statistics have gotten any better for california in the last week than they were for the last couple of months but for some reason maybe has something to do with a a recall um movement out there for the governor some reason they lifted a lot of the the, um the restrictions and now you have outdoor dining i guess you still can't eat in a restaurant in there but uh, you can you can have outdoor dining but here's here's what came out from the la county health department okay this was on uh, 128, so that's what, yesterday? Yeah. Restaurants and breweries may reopen for outdoor dining, and wineries may reopen for outdoor wine tastings in compliance with this protocol, colon. Here we go. Employees that may come in contact with customers must wear both a face covering and a face shield at all times when interacting with customers and when in customer service areas. Outdoor dining table seating must be limited to no more than six people per table, all of whom must be from the same household. So you can't go have a dinner with a couple of your friends, only with your family. This is what they're still doing in L.A. All establishments must post signage and verbally inform customers that everyone sharing a table must be from the same household. So what do they do if you're not? Do they arrest you? Um, what what happens? They just throw you out on the street. What happens? And how do they? Pr- what you got to show ID? What's the deal? Here we go. Outdoor tables must be repositioned or removed so that all tables are at least eight feet apart. <laughs> now here's my favorite. This is my favorite. You have an outdoor. Remember, this is California where the weather is fine most of the time, for outdoor dining. And so 
what happened the last time was that the, uh, a few months ago was that the restaurants were told they could have outdoor dining, and lots of res- uh, restaurants spent lots of money uh, remodeling uh, and reconfiguring their places so that they could have uh, a good crowd eating outside and make some money. Then they pulled the plug on that. So all the money they spent to get ready for outdoor dining went down the toilet because the governor decided that, nah, that's not good anymore either. But here you go. This is also from the L.A. County Health Department as of yesterday. Televisions or other screens that broadcast programming must remain off until further notice. Did you get that? You can dine outside, but while you're eating, you can't watch TV. Now, would you like to have somebody explain that one to you? You can't watch. T- <laughs> you can't watch. See, if you have a sports bar, uh, you're done. And 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 you've you you've heard about this outdoor dining uh, coming back. You say, oh, good. I can I can have some get some people in here. We got some big games coming up. We got the Super Bowl coming up. That's why they're doing this, by the way. Uh, you get this from the L.A. County Health Department. Televisions or other screens that broadcast programming must remain off until further notice. Restaurants must follow the California Department of Public Health's mandatory guidance on the use of temporary structures for outdoor business operations. So you can't, you can have outdoor dining, and if you own a sports bar in L.A. County, and you've been thinking that oh, this is great, people are going to come out and watch games, and I'm going to make some money, get some, maybe save my business from going going under. Uh, well, you know, I got the TVs all cranked up, and then they tell you you can't watch TV. You can't watch TV uh, while you're dining. Does the virus does the virus have some way of sneaking up on, up on you while you're watching TV? I don't know. That's got to be it. But you know, seriously, what it is is they know the Super Bowl's coming up, and they don't want anybody, uh, you know, they don't want big, large gatherings uh, at these places to watch the Super Bowl. So where are these people who are watching this, who are not going to be coming there to watch the Super Bowl, where are they going to be gathering? Do you think they're all going to stay home by themselves, or do you think they might be going over to their buddy's house with another 40 people and watching the game and drinking beer like so many other people do, which is supposed to be worse than being outside uh, it would be to be inside in a large gathering. So that's what you're going to get. It's unbelievable. And I got two minutes. I want to get this in. This is just perfect. You've heard about uh, Dr. Fauci he says that two masks are better than one. And I think there's actually uh, uh, some, there's some people out there saying they wear three masks. Well, Dr. Michael Ulsterholm, who leads the Center for Infectious Disease Research at the uh, University of Minnesota, refuted Dr. Fauci's claim. I do not support the idea of two masks, he said. Masks, as they're defined, work in two ways. The first is is in regards to how that mask fits, how well it fits around you. It's like swimming goggles. They don't usually leak through the lenses. They leak through the seal around your eyes or face. He pointed out that N95 respirators are so highly regarded because of how they filter out the virus. They have a very tight face fit. And the material that's used basically for the filters is electrostatically charged. The pore size lets air travel through easily, but the virus is trapped as it comes through by an electrostatic charge in the respirator. Doubling up on mass. Are you ready for this? Now, I just want this. You've been told that two masks are pretty good or better than one. That's That's been the last week. That's what we've been hearing. And there are people out there, I'm sure, that are doing it. Uh, Doubling up on masks would likely lead to more harm than good when it comes to cloth face masks or even N95 respirators. This is a quote from Dr. Michael Osterholm. If you put more, on, more, of it on, more of it on, all it does is it impedes the air coming through and it makes it blow in and out along the sides. The fit becomes even less effective, Osterholm said. Double masking could be a detriment to your protection. What are we listening to these people for? What is going on on the planet Earth? This guy's just not some idiot. He's Dr. Michael Osterholm. He leads the Center for Infectious Disease Research at the, and Policy at the University of Minnesota. Two masks are not as they're worse than one, and they put you in more danger. Just just take just take that into account as you go out this weekend with your two masks on. I'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. France says it's closing its borders to people arriving from outside the European Union starting Sunday to try to stop the growing spread of the new variants of the virus and avoid a third lockdown. Johnson & Johnson says its vaccine appears to protect against COVID-19 with just one shot. It's not as strong as some two-shot rivals, but still potentially helpful. The government's top infectious disease expert says the U.S. hopes to be able to start vaccinating children in the next few months. It's a needed step to securing widespread immunity to the coronavirus. Dr. Anthony Fauci said at today's White House coronavirus briefing that hopefully that will start to happen by late spring or summer. On Wall Street today, stocks sharply lower. The Dow plummeted 620 points. The Nasdaq was off 266 and the S&P 500 fell 73. This is SRN News. Investors seeking steady cash flow, ready to diversify? NRIA has grown to be one of the nation's leading specialists and offers 10% annualized monthly payouts with bonuses targeted at 18% to 21%. That's right. You could receive steady 10% return monthly payments with bonuses. As their slogan says, they specialize in realty investing done right. You can even use your 401k or IRA to invest. NRIA's 15-year track record and $1.2 billion and new construction development backs you. Learn how you can invest in this hard asset real estate cash flow fund today and receive 10% annualized monthly payouts with bonuses. This is something savvy investors should research and consider. Call now, 800-700-5483. That's 800-700-5483. Or visit nria.net. An offer to buy or sell any security is only made by our private placement memorandum. Read it first. See us at nria.net. So we've turned a page in American history. At a very important time, the Democrats now control both houses of Congress and the White House. And now it's up to them to lead, to show courage, to make real decisions, to keep the country safe and defend the people. And to move our country out of a pandemic and back to prosperity. Yeah, there will be many battles to come over the next four years. And we'll be here for them all. AM 1250, The Answer. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called Marines, a tough and determined few dedicated to protecting everything we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud few who have earned the title Marines. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Really crawling along on the inbound Parkway East. That's because of an accident jammed up Forest Hills to approaching Bates Street. An accident in the right lane looks like more than a 10-minute delay. On the outbound side, just a little busy from Bates Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West, a lot of volume delays inbound from Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. On 28, construction continues between Highland Park Bridge and Delafield Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see a few clouds. It'll be very cold. Tonight's low 16. Times of clouds and sun tomorrow. Not as cold. Tomorrow's high 31. Snow arriving towards daybreak Sunday and continuing off and on into Monday. That'll accumulate three to six inches. Some sleet and freezing rain can mix in as well, especially from the city on south. Travel will be treacherous at times. The high Sunday 32. Monday's high 33. I'm AccuWeather's Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Now on Fridays, we like to take a break away from the usual political stuff when we can. Maybe mix in a little sports. Uh, I've been having trouble getting interested in hockey this season, and I'm a hockey guy. And I was wondering if it's just me, so I asked Josh Yoey, who covers the Penguins for The Athletic, to come on. And he joins us now. Josh, thanks for being here. Always a pleasure. So uh, <laughs> I like hockey, Josh, um, a lot, actually. It's really kind of tough for me, though, to get interested in the games, not just the Penguin games. I, I think it stinks without fans, sorry. but um, And it's not talked about much, but what kind of effect does playing in silence have on the players, if any? Do you think it, it gets on their nerves? Do you think they – I mean, not necessarily when the, once the puck is dropped, 
but it's got to it's just got to be really strange to be out there in in silence well i'll tell you i'm one of the few people who is allowed in the building during games and it's a bizarre atmosphere and very interesting that you bring this up uh the penguins lost in boston last night and getting malkins off to a pretty rough start to the season and I asked him last night, you know, what was wrong, what was bothering him. And on three different occasions, he mentioned how difficult he finds it playing with no fans. Yep. And I, I haven't really heard any players bring that up, but he's a very emotional guy. I, I can't tell you how many times over the years fans would start chanting, Gino, Gino, and he would score a goal 30 seconds later. I mean, that, that fires him up. He loves playing for an audience. I mean, these guys... You know, it's kind of like being on Broadway a little bit with these guys. They have egos. They're used to, you know, performing, essentially, and they can't do it right now. And I absolutely think it's having an effect. And, and I love hockey. I cover it for a living. I don't watch other games around the league. I, I just, there, there's something missing with no fans. It's really hard for me to watch. I admit that. And I think that's part of the reason the TV ratings are as bad as they've been. Yeah, so it's not just me. And and I, I did see that you mentioned that about uh um, Malkin, and that's that's why I kind of got the idea to talk to you. And you know, I don't do a lot of X's and O's sports here, but I think this is interesting because it's uh, it's it's uh, worldwide with sports, with people playing in front of either empty or almost empty stadiums. And um, uh, what's what's really struck me is how much having gigantic crowds watching events adds to the event itself. Uh, it's just the, these these games were supposed to be played in front of lots of people with lots of noise. It just doesn't make sense to to have it be going on in a vacuum. No, I agree. And you know, the more time goes on, the more I think about it, and I, and I completely agree with you. And you know, Ben Roethlisberger's been in the news, you know, talking about how he wants to play one more season. Yeah. A lot of people think he should hang it up. I wonder, and I, I don't really know Ben. But I bet there's a part of Penn that doesn't want his last season in the NFL to be playing in front of an empty stadium at Heinz Field. <laughs> I'm sure yep, he misses the buzz of a crowd, and, and they, uh, of course he would. Uh, who wouldn't? Um, it's a perfectly natural thing, and I'll tell you what was really obnoxious for me. Uh, I was in Philadelphia for the first two games of the season, and in all of these buildings, they have fake fan noise that they play in the no. arena. So that when you're watching on TV, it sounds like there's the buzz of a crowd it literally yeah. in Philly sounded like there were bees buzzing over my head. I had to wear my headphones the entire game because I wanted to scream because of it. Uh, it's just it's just bad. <laughs> Everything about it is is a little bit disappointing. I would say. Yeah, I was going to say I um, um, I know that it's it's for me it's it's depressing watching the empty building, and I don't have the same problem with football. Because uh, football is shot differently, and the only thing you see is the field. And uh, I, I just don't notice it as much, but there's something about hockey where you, uh, you're constantly reminded that the place is empty. And I'm just yeah. thinking that it's, it, for someone like you, to be, there, to be there in person is actually would be more depressing than it is for me to watch it on TV. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I've, so many of my friends are you know big hockey fans, and they always want to, yeah. you know, text me for inside information or whatever. I get all these texts and phone calls from people saying, oh, you're so lucky you get to be there. I said, you know, actually, I, I found it kind of depressing. I, I really did. I And, you know, there are rules in place. I don't blame the Penguins. They're just going by the NHL rules. They don't want to get in trouble. But, I, you know, there's a lot of ushers who work at the arena and, you know, behind-the-scenes people that you would never think of who are the nicest people in the world. And we aren't even allowed to walk up and say hello to them. <laughs> We've yeah, been told you're just... not really supposed to have conversations and just go to your seat in the press box and leave the building after the game. That makes it even more depressing. There's a guy, I'm not going to say his name, but you know he's been dealing with cancer the last couple of years. So I just wanted to go up and talk to him for a minute. And I knew I couldn't because, you know, that's against the rules right now. Everybody will die if you do that, uh, Josh. You know <laughs> that's that. That's the rumor. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've been surprised that, that – uh, and we're talking to Josh Yowie, who covers the Penguins for The Athletic and been covering the Penguins for years. Um, I've been surprised that more stars, not just in hockey but in every sport, uh, you know, the guys who don't need the money, guys like Malkin and Crosby and Roethlisberger and pe the people making the big money, 
I, I've yeah. been surprised that they don't opt out and spend time on their yacht because uh, that's where I would be. I wouldn't be playing. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it. Not just the the empty stadiums, but and buildings. I, I just would not be. I wouldn't be interested in doing it uh, if I didn't have to. And I'm wondering if uh, you get the feeling that there are guys who'd like to be doing that, but for some, you know, peer pressure, don't want to walk out on their team, that kind of thing. It's the only reason they're there. Well, that's a fair question. And how would you feel if you were Alex Ovechkin right now and you basically get suspended four games for being in a teammate's uh, hotel room without having a mask on? I mean, really, when you're slobbering all of our guys three hours earlier, an ice drink, yeah. and then you get in trouble for, for doing that, and people are saying, yeah. oh, what a bad leader he is. That's what I mean. His oh, That's what I mean. God. If I'm no, him, I'm... I say, you know what, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll be on my yacht. Uh, let me know when this <laughs> insanity is over. You know, I'm out of here. That's right. You, you know, part of it is ego, I think, I mean, and he's yeah. a good example. He's only about 150 goals away from catching Wayne Gretzky's all-time record. Maybe he doesn't want to miss out on a year or two yeah. where he yeah. might cost it, and I get that. Yeah. I do, but I I can see, listen, if you have $100 million in the bank – and you wouldn't have to deal with this. It would be tempting because it, it's got to be maddening for them. And I know, you know, they don't always like dealing with the media, some of the athletes. Mm-hmm. I realize that. But now they have to go sit in front of a computer and, and sit on Zoom interviews for 20 minutes after games. I'm pretty sure they're not enjoying doing that kind of stuff. And just, you know, the traveling protocols for these guys. I mean, they're not really allowed to go out. You're pretty much confined to your your room and you have to have the mask on at all times and you're playing in front of empty buildings Uh, there's no way it's the same rush or the same uh lifestyle or the same enjoyment that they're used to no way yeah and and you you talked about the travel um and and the and the restrictions like the with ovechkin getting suspended of just being in a room without a mask what (laughs) you just can't the penguins are in boston what I mean, what's what's a and and now they're going. They're playing two game series. So when they go to a town, it's not like before, where when the game ends, you jump on the charter and you come home. When the game ends, you you stay there uh, and you stay there in that city for another day. And then you play again the next night, two games and three nights. What's it like for them? I mean, are they like prisoners in the hotel? What, how are they dealing with it? Well, that's basically what it sounds like. And you know, they're actually on their actually went to New York today because they have two games against the Rangers now over the weekend, but um, they are strongly discouraged from, you know, going out to dinner or anything like that. They, they want them basically in their rooms, having room service, and, and, and that is that. And I know people will hear this and say, well, you know, they're millionaire athletes, they can deal with it. And that's right, it's not the end of the world. But you have to remember, these are guys, they are millionaires, and they are powerful people, and they're used to doing whatever they want, whenever they want. Right. And that's the lifestyle they're accustomed to. Um, and that's why, you know, the, when they played in the bubbles in Toronto and the NBA played in the bubble in Orlando, I think it was, you know, how do you think that went over when, uh, hey, you can't have any women come to the hotel room or you, you, know, you gotta, you know, can't have anybody from outside the bubble come in. There's a reason they're never going to do the bubble again uh, because the players were absolutely miserable and they've made it very clear to their respective players associations, never again will we do this. Oh, they're not going to. So, uh, what? Are, how are they going to do this with Canada and the playoffs? <laughs> well, I mean, th- th- there's a great question, and they won't really have to worry about it until June, because the playoffs don't start until the middle of May. Hmm. And in the first two rounds of the playoffs, uh, you have teams just playing within their own divisions. So it becomes an issue when you get to the final four, when one of the Can- the winner of the Canadian division will have to play an American franchise. So come June. Uh, either they're allowed to travel across the border, or at that point, I assume one of the, uh, let's say it's the Maple Leafs. Uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to have to come to the United States and play somewhere in America. Uh, that That's yep. the only thing they can do. I don't think the United States government would have a problem with that. I assure you the Canadian government would have a problem if it were the other way around. Oh, yeah. Well, that gets me to my next thing, a little quicker than I wanted <laughs> to, but since you brought it up, one of the reasons I wanted to have you come on, and I've wanted to do this for a while since you told me about this a couple of months ago, you uh, had to deal with the insanity in Canada a few months ago when you had to be quarantined. <laughs> Could you describe uh, what that was all about? Why were you Certainly, there? Yeah. What, what happened? Yeah, this was in the middle of September. Um, I know most people don't know this. Uh, I am divorced. My ex-wife mm-hmm. is from Kingston, Ontario, and okay. she lives there with my two young children. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hadn't seen my kids in six months, so I decided, you know, I'm going to have to figure out a way to do this. So you have to quarantine for two weeks once you cross the border. So I get to the border at the, uh, the Thousand Islands stop, which is about an hour and a half north of Syracuse. And they told me that, I, you know, they said, are you going straight to your hotel room, sir? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, okay. They said, now you have to put your mask on while you're driving. I said, while I'm driving? And she said, yes. She said, if you get pulled over and you're not wearing a mask, especially with an American license plate, you could be looking at a six-figure fine. I said, really? (laughs) She said, yes. Six figures, $100,000 for for not having a mask on while you're by yourself in your car. Correct. And I said, well... I and you know she was doing her job. It wasn't like she was yeah. she wasn't being rude about it, but yeah. she was actually trying to be helpful. I said, "Well, I said, you know, I'm going to leave this mask on while I drive. Then I, I promise you, I will." I was <laughs> thinking, man, that's about the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. So I get to the hotel, and once I got there, I was told at the hotel, "You're not even allowed to leave your room. Like you can't go for a stroll in the lobby. You can't leave the building." So I literally had to stay in my room, where I would just order food and get food for two weeks delivered. Um, and the Canadian government called my hotel room every day just to make sure I was there. They didn't even call my cell phone. They actually called the landline at the hotel uh, just to make sure that's where I was. And, again, they're Canadian. They were very friendly about it. Yeah. But they were also pretty firm that you, you had better be following the rules. And it was just a very uncomfortable experience. So, wait a minute. So, you um, you had to stay inside the room you you couldn't go out in the hallway for two that, weeks that is correct i literally opened the door for my room service which there you know when i would get food delivery which they would leave in a bag by my door but i was told and and the manager and i stay there a lot so i know yeah. the manager of the hotel and she kind of apologized she said listen i'm sorry josh these are the rules though we could get into a lot of trouble if you know Someone sees you walking around. Oh my, that's you know, just outside the that's hotel. Beyond, that's just it was paranoia, really, and that's yeah. that's the word that I would use. And and it was also, you know, we talk about mental health a lot in this country. Man, you're stuck in a room for two weeks and you can't leave. And this was in September when I got there. All the trees and the leaves were green. By the end of the two weeks, they had all changed colors. I'm like, oh my god, it's it's changed seasons, and I'm still here in this room. So. Listen, I would do it again to see my children because I miss them horribly, and yeah. I didn't get to spend a few days with them after the two weeks. But it it, it was just a bizarre experience. And by the way, I, I did have a COVID test uh, the day before I left, and I even showed them the results just to put them at ease to let them know it was negative. But they didn't really seem to care. <laughs> so, so you would get you would get calls in your hotel room. Now you're there. You know you're in your eighth. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine myself being in day eight with still, you know, six oh. days left, and I haven't been outside that room. And the the the, the authorities would call you and say, uh, "Mr. Yoey, just checking uh-huh. to see if uh, you're there." Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, usually, they would call in the morning, but yeah. they would change it up, and they would ask if I was having any symptoms, or you know, if I had a fever, or you know, things of that nature. And it was, oh, my God, you can imagine what that was like. Well, I think you, I gained about 15 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you going to do besides eat? What did, what did you do all yeah. day? Well, you know, I, I watched a lot of movies, and I, I sure actually told did. my boss, I told my boss at The Athletic, I said, hey, I said, I want you to give me a lot of articles to write. He said, really? I said, no. I said, I want you to bombard me with work. Because, you know, sometimes you can focus on that, and it makes the time go a little faster. At least it yeah, gives yeah. you something to do. I didn't want to sit around and think about how depressed I was the whole time. <laughs> but I mean, you you couldn't go to a gym to work out. You can't go. go you can't nope. go for a walk. You have no contact no. with any other human except on the telephone. I'm guessing. And then what? They no left your food air. at the door. Yep. Yeah. I mean, no fresh air at all. Um, they leave your food at the. Yeah, I, mean, I was on the phone nonstop. You know, with my girlfriend or friends of mine, just to keep me company. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, you know, I, I mean, you really do feel like you're going to go insane uh, by the end of it. And, you know, it's just, uh, it was, uh, I was finally released at midnight. Uh, <laughs> I think it was October God. 2nd, I want to say. It was the night that Trump uh, came out and said that he had COVID, in fact. This was the irony. It was right, it was late at night when that news came out. 
when I was finally allowed to leave my room, I go through the lobby and I see uh, a few uh, of the Canadian employees laughing at the television because Trump had COVID. I thought, oh, isn't this ironic? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, now you so you you were finished after the two weeks. Did you wear your mask uh, in the car while you were driving around in Canada the rest of the time you were there? I did. I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to take any chances. As ridiculous as I think it is, you know, I didn't uh, need any one hundred thousand dollar fine. I, <laughs> and I don't know how they would go about actually getting that money from me. I I assure you, I would get a lawyer involved. But you know, nonetheless, yeah, I didn't want to. Take well, what any would chances. have happened? Did you find out like what would have happened if they would have called you on day ten and you weren't there or you didn't you you died or you know whatever you didn't answer the phone <laughs> would would there have been a manhunt would like would you have been put on a poster and they've been looking for you now, that's a good question I, I I did ask at the hotel desk I said what what's the punishment I said don't worry I'm not going to break the rules but I'm just curious and yeah uh, she said well you'd be asked to report to return to the United States immediately is what would happen? I said, well, it made me feel like a fugitive. It was, uh, you know, I've, I understand what's going on in the world. I get it, but wow. It was, no, um, that's, so that, when, that, when people you, think it's bad here and it is like, it's frustrating here, of course, in many ways, I, I assure you in Canada, it's 10 times worse. Like it's, well, you everything's know, on lockdown. My listeners are sick of hearing me say that I have property up there and I haven't been able to go up there <laughs> for 13 months. Um, I know, uh, but, um, I mean, we had a story last week of a woman who uh, was fined eight hundred and eighty dollars for dropping her kids off at her mother-in-law's house, at grandma's house, <laughs> while she went shopping. Eight hundred and eighty dollars because a, a neighbor ratted on them. Said well, listen, we, there I, were too many people's in the house. That's the people in the house. Unbelievable. And you know, my yeah. children are six and eight years old, and they're not allowed to leave their house. I, you know, I talk with them almost every day and they're I, I i applaud them they're handling it better than i would have at that age but my god it, you worry about the damage it's doing to children they don't in so about. many different ways whether it be educational or you know they're doing yeah. homeschooling they're not being socialized you name it, it this can't be healthy and like i said they're they're basically on lockdown there it's, it's much better here believe it or not i know people don't want to hear that but it's, yeah. it's a different world in canada it really is I got 30 seconds, and I didn't get to ask you. I have to before you go. I'm, I'm up against a break here, but I got 30 seconds. Uh, Jim Rutherford resigning. Shocker? Yeah, it was, and um, i totally stunned. Clearly, there was an issue with him and somebody over his head. There are only so many people over his head, uh, mm -hmm. but I can tell you it was not Mario Lemieux. They're on really good terms. Nobody ever has a bad word to say about Mario, but uh, right. not a good look for the organization, and uh, things are a little shaky with them right now, I would say. Josh Yoey, I appreciate you coming on, uh, and um, I'm glad you survived your trip to Canada. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. Take care, John. Okay, we'll be right back. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. Suddenly, you're tens of thousands of dollars in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare is going to help you out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is John Steigerwald, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50. No funding for abortion and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client was in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction. Hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put... $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven 
10 gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon using code PETS. Genesis950.com. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950. Much cheaper than replacing your carpet. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. I get uh, closer to canceling Netflix, it seems like, every day. I haven't done it yet, but here's uh, something that could get me over the edge. You know who Ibram X. Kendi is? Uh, He is a, uh, right now, he used to be a professor at American University. Now he's the uh, director of the Center for Anti-Racist Research at Boston University. And he's got um, he's got some uh, films coming up on uh, Netflix and some sh- some short films and some some other videos and they're going to be directed at kids. And he has uh, come out in favor of passing an anti-racist constitutional amendment. He says Americans should pass it uh, that, that, and it should enshrine two guiding anti-racist principles: racial inequity is evidence of racist policy, and the different racial groups are equals. The amendment would make unconstitutional racial inequity over a certain threshold as well as racist ideas by public officials with racist ideas and public official clearly defined. So who gets to decide what is a racist statement? I guess uh, uh, and this guy is a this guy is actually a professor and, and a scholar and a learner and, and an author. He doesn't have the first clue what the Constitution is about. This says there's nothing that uh, in the Constitution or the purpose of the Constitution that would that would uh, encompass this or, or, or this. It's just it's not the Constitution is all about telling the government what it can't do to us as citizens. He 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 has no clue. He thinks that it's about having control over us, and he wants to have. It control what you can say and what you can think. That's what we're dealing with. And this guy is a professor, Ibram X. Kendi. Netflix. See you Monday. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.